America. My name is Ahimi Osei Frimpong. I come to you live every Thursday about this time. And today I'm going to talk to you about forcing the debate and why congressional candidates, all of them, including incumbents, should be forced to debate because that discloses the reasons for their actions. And if you don't know the reasons for their actions, you actually don't know their actions. Right, so when I talk to students about this, I just usually say something like, if I'm driving down uh, the road and I'm shooting shotgun and my friend is right next to me and they wanna run over somebody uh, in order so, so that we can get to this meeting or this party on time, and then they decide, no, I really shouldn't run them over, although I really wanna get to this meeting on time. I could say, yes, that's good. You shouldn't run them over just so we can get to the meeting on time. And they could say, uh, that's right. I don't wanna have to ruin my car and have to go to the body shop. Now, when they disclose the reason for their action, I now understand their action in a different light. <laughs> if you don't understand the reasons for action, then you don't actually understand the action. If you don't know, if there aren't any reasons, then people could be easily misweight. Like it's not, there is no grounding and there's no sus uh, sustenance in the action. They could easily change their mind. Right? So if you depend on them acting in a certain way and you don't know the reason why they're going to act in a certain way, like you're depending on something that could be built on sand or built, uh, I got like my house is built like a brick, not like a straw. Not like <laughs> you're built on an unsolid foundation. So you need to know the reason for the action in order to know the action. And there are two cases where this became very clear in American politics. The first is in December when Nancy Pelosi was asked that she believed that Congress people should trade stocks, should be able to trade stocks. And then she disclosed, yes, she does, which is an unfortunate opinion, but then she gave the reason for the opinion, and that's when she showed herself to be kind of ignorant about what it means to be a congressperson. And, I, and she said, well, you know, it was a free market society, and you know, she should be able to participate in the free market society. And this shows that she thinks that markets aren't something that are made. Congress's job is to make and manufacture, <laughs> manufacture markets, right? And regulate markets. And she's having talks with Zuckerberg. And it's almost a part of her job to have privileged information about the market in order to manage the market so that everybody else can participate in the market, right? So we need her not to be a participant in order for participants to be participants, right? It's... That's why we don't want the boxing commissioner to be able to bet on fights, right? We want the boxing commissioner to be paid well enough so that they don't bet on fights. If the boxing commissioner bet on fights and also was in charge of arranging fights, that would be a problem for the people like us who enjoy fights, right? Uh, I don't know if you enjoy the fights, but I hope you, you appreciate the logic. And this isn't like Americans might not be the most sophisticated uh, electorate in the known world, but this is something that they understand. <laughs> there's a, there's an Arabic saying that the excuse is worse than the crime. Yeah, that's, it's true. That's true. Um, it's, it's, we might not be the most sophisticated electorate in the world, but we understand this part. We understand this part, right? Um, I was a young boy when Pete Rose got pinched for betting on, on games because the understanding is like you shouldn't be a player and uh, play a manager and also bet on the games. That's like not the best thing for the, the health of the game. All right, so the second um, instance where this became relevant was during the presidential primary where Elizabeth Warren 
disclosed. Well, she was asked, does she think that it's appropriate that Iowa and New Hampshire have such a privileged place in the primary order? To which Warren said, look, man, I'm just a player in the game. I'm not going to talk about this. I'm just a player in the game. You're running for the head of the party, right? So as a titular head of the party, you can decide things like primary order you, or you have a huge governing role, even internal to the Democratic Party. And she says that she's just a player in the game, which means that she doesn't understand her role as party leader, right? So you can have good arguments for thinking that Iowa and New Hampshire, too, white states relative to the party should have such a privileged place in the Democratic primary, or you could have a bad answer to that question. I'm just a player in the game is a bad answer to that question. And it's the quality of answer that it's a bad, it's a quality of reason uh, that affects the final answer. So you think the right thing for the wrong reasons, you're just as bad or possibly worse than the person who thinks the, the uh, wrong thing for the right reason, because I could talk to that person, right? And until you are made to disclose your reasons, I don't actually know what your actions are. Because I said before, if you're just coming in, part of the action is the reason. And if there's no reason, then you're easily dissuaded or you're easily, you're, you're like, you're like there, there is no day or there. Right? So what's the stabilizing force of the action is the reason. Right? And part of the action is the reason. The, the reason tells me what you actually did. As opposed to like just kind of a superficial gloss of the action. If I need to account for the action stability over time. If I need to account for the action stability of the stress. If I don't know the reason, I don't know if you're just going to just sell me out. <laughs> like anytime someone gives you a stiff wind. Oh, uh, like, like in, in a stiff breeze, you'll just sell me out if I don't know the reason for your action. So we need to mandate not just actions and promises, but reasons. And that actually tells us the action. And I'm going to talk with uh, Shahid Buttar, who's primarying Pelosi about this on Tuesday. Um, and uh, because he just wanted to be able to sit down and debate Nancy Pelosi as a challenger for you know, U.S. Congress as a San Francisco resident, he gets to challenge and be a, a, get the right signatures, and and he gets to run for office and vie for office, and he wants to be a challenger, and uh, she won't debate like she has a policy against debating. Now, if you remember correctly, Pelosi also didn't want Joe Biden to debate Trump, like she just doesn't de believe in debates, and there's a fan, there's a way in which she just doesn't believe in accountability. She just doesn't believe in accountability, and if you have politicians who don't believe in accountability, then they pretty much have monopoly power over these uh, the party apparatus, which makes their ruling class a faction over and against the citizens who then have to use their vote as a form of legitimizing ruling class power, right? And all of that can get frustrated a little bit if you just mandatory, have mandatory debates. I think every congressperson should have to debate a challenger at least three times. And if you don't feel like you want to sit down against your challenger three times and have to take questions from a neutral party or the challenger themselves, then you don't really want to do public office. Like you get paid $175,000 a year. You get, all we're asking is three performance reviews before you get re-upped, before you get your new two-year contract, right? 
You you should have to have a performance. You should have to sit for a performance view. You should have to sit for a debate. That's not too much to ask. And it's not too much for the party to mandate as a rule. And I think this should be something that every single congressional candidate, Republican or Democrat, should be, um, especially challengers, should be bringing up. Let's just have a party rule that congressional challengers sit for at least three debates. That's not too much to ask. And if you think that's too much to ask, that's an unfortunate conception of democracy. Because if you don't know the reason for their actions, you don't know their actions. If you don't know their reasons for their actions, you don't know their actions. You don't know how stable their actions are. You don't know if their actions will withstand uh, opposition scrutiny. You don't know if you actually agree with their actions until you find the reason for their actions, right? And I said this is clear in two examples. The Pelosi example where she might, like, she doesn't think, um, she doesn't have a problem with congresspersons individually trading stock. I think that's an unfortunate position, but then she gave the reason for her position because she thinks that Congress people are just participants in the market like everybody else, and that just shows un that is the wrong answer because markets are artificial creatures that are created by the organs of government and, re and regulated by the organs of government. If you think markets are natural, and you're a natural thing too, so then it makes sense to be uh, able to participate in the market just as some sort of natural God-given might. If you know that you create markets and the markets need you to create and manage them, then you understand uh, why you can't also participate in them. And it's, you know, it's no small factor that turns out that Congress people do very well in the market, right? They beat the market average and they beat the index funds. So it's not a surprise because they have to have access to privileged information in order to appropriately manage the market. They have to have access. They, like, they talk to CEOs and the CEO says, like, yeah, we're going to have an earnings call in about a week and we're going to announce this because you don't have to regulate us because we actually um, are doing this. So they, and it turns out if you get to bet before that earnings call, you can make a lot of money. Right? So Pelosi's on the phone with Zuckerberg talking about business and uh, about, about like pre-negotiating whether they need to regulate Facebook and then is going to, in order for her to do her job as a congressperson, she needs to have access to this information. Except in order to participate in the market as a regular market participant, there needs to be a just distribution of ignorance or as we can say, a symmetry of knowledge. <laughs> you can have you need a symmetry of knowledge right so it's either you get to be a congressperson who governs and manage markets for $175,000 a year or you could be a player in the market but you there are reasons why you can't be both because you need privileged information in order to do your job as a congressperson right and if you don't know that then um like, you don't know what it means to be a congressperson. And it's my job as a member of the citizenry to know if you know the job, <laughs> right? So, and then also when Elizabeth Warren is saying she's just a player in the game. Actually, you're running to govern the game. So you don't actually understand governance uh, when you say you're just a player in the game, right? And someone's asking you, well, should the Democratic primary like be led by Iowa and New Hampshire? And you could say yes or no, but if your reason is you're just a player in the game, that means you don't actually understand your role, right? And I need to know that. So this should be a congressional movement, a la force the vote, 
that's actually forced the debate where every congressional candidate, instead of ducking debates, is either mandated or assumed to have to go to sit down with a challenger at least three times in a you know, semi-hostile or neutral environment and take, take the questions. Anybody who thinks that that's onerous, they don't deserve public office. They shouldn't be in public office. Like that's like the only way that our votes can mean something is if we know what we're voting for. And the only thing we know, the only way we know what we're voting for is if the people we're electing give reasons for their actions because we don't know what their actions are unless we also know the reasons for their actions. Right? So if you care about deliberative democracy, if you care about intelligent and intelligible of uh, democratic practices, then you should be for, for forcing the debate, right? I'm gonna do probably a series on how we can uh, um, disrupt some of the entrenched incumbencies in uh, the congressional, the way we think about Congress. And, you know, people always go to term limits as their first go-to tack. But I actually think that term limits, I have, I have complicated views about term limits because they, in some ways, increase lobbyist power because congressmen come and go, but the lobbyists stay. So I'm not necessarily for term limits. I am for public accountability. And so the public accountability can come in many... Yeah, force the debate. And uh, yeah, uh, public accountability can come in many forms. You remember that one debate where Elizabeth Warren took out Mike, like Michael Bloomberg? Bloomberg had spent nearly a half billion dollars on this campaign, and Elizabeth Warren put all of that money on fire in one debate because he couldn't defend himself. And if you can't defend yourself, we don't actually know what you're for. Uh, we just have some sort of superficial understanding of what you're for. So if you care about democracy, force the debate. And this should be a bipartisan issue. This should be just about people who believe in democracy. And it's not onerous. Expecting challengers and Congress people to sit for three debates is not onerous. I think expecting them to fund the fundraise the kind of money they're expected to fundraise is onerous. Sitting for debates, that's not onerous. That's the kind of democracy that we should be encouraging and supporting and subsidizing. So there should be, and there are a suspicious amount on both sides of the aisle who will not sit for debates. That culture has to change. That culture can change. And we just need to kind of set forth the discourse. You know, manifest it. But also ask your Congress people, would they support a party policy that forces every Congress person to sit through three challenge debates, three challenger debates? That's a perfectly reasonable policy. Uh, by the way, if nobody else is talking the way I'm talking, because talking like this gets you in the way of money. So if you support what I'm doing, go on ahead and go to www.funkyacademic.com and kick in five, fifteen, and or fifty dollars a month, and I'll keep doing what I'm doing. Like I said, I'm going to do a series about how to make the Congress congressional elections more meaningful by making them more competitive, and. It should be, yeah, it should be, and I think it's it's just a good, this is, this is I think, the most important, one of the more important talking points. Like, make the Democrats, make the Republicans, the entrenched power, give you a reason why they shouldn't have to sit with and debate a challenger. Like, it's, I, I think, <laughs> make that 
the thing. Make that the thing of this election cycle. And until we get it. And I think, uh, I think we will just have a more robust democracy because it's those moments. It's those moments where Nancy Pelosi discloses herself as not really understanding the role of governance when she says, I should be able to participate in the market, the free market that I also manage. Um, it's that's when you actually, those are the moments where we actually become an enlightened electorate about who we send to Congress, right? So if we want to create more of those moments, we need to create more of those debates. Come here, come say, <laughs> okay, come say hi to the people. Say hi, people. Mm. Hi, people. There's the camera. Mm. <laughs> All right, let me finish the show and we'll get to work, okay? All right, so we need to, we need to uh, actually force the debates. We need to force the debates. And they're not going to do it unless we ask them to. And we should just ask them to and expect them to. So thank you for your time. Go ahead. I got to go help my kid with, my home, with her homework, which is, you know, one of the things I get to do as a, as a, as a dad. And then I will see you next week. But first of all, go to the, go to the uh, website or the uh, YouTube page and check out the interview I did with Crystal Ball earlier in the week. I think it's fantastic. I'm a fan. We get along just well. I think we're adorable. And so I, uh, Crystal Ball and I chop it up. And then also, let, um, uh, and also be aware, look out for another talk I'm going to have with uh, Shahid Buttar uh, next Tuesday. And we're going to chop it up and we're going to talk about what it would take to make the congressional election more competitive and more just. Because in the absence of a competitive election, the election just becomes the means through which we just entrench incumbent power. And I don't, I don't want to be a tool for their power, right? I want the elections to actually be meaningful, which means we need to know where the, uh, the politicians stand. All right, thank you for your time. And I will also, yeah, donut. Also, I'll see you next week. Peace.